Hey there, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help others find their passions by giving women the runway to take that one-day daydream to a thriving business. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, there's a splash of fun, lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and the deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you like today's podcast. On today's episode, I talk with Michelle Stokes, CEO and founder of Bombshell Boutique and co-owner of Sold by Stokes, a real estate agency here in St. John's. We talk about so many things in today's episode, including how and why Michelle left her nursing career to pursue something totally different. She shares about the struggles of momhood and how she manages multiple businesses. And we even talk about what it's like to open up a storefront in the middle of a pandemic. Well, welcome, welcome, Michelle Stokes. I'm so excited you're here on the podcast. <laughs> Hi, Gina. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, oh. I'm nervous and I'm excited. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited that you're here. You're a wealth of knowledge and I cannot wait for you to share all your gold nuggets. But before we dive in, um, can you just take a moment and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about you and how you became an entrepreneur? Um, so I'm Michelle. First of all, I'm a wife and mother of two little kids. Um, technically, I'm still um, a nurse, a registered nurse, but I haven't practiced nursing in about a year and a half. I am an entrepreneur, and what that means to me is, um, I'm, I'll say, a variety of things. I own my own clothing boutique. I am a realtor and own a real estate team with my husband. And me and my husband also do a lot of reno and flip properties that um, may become bigger at some point. You don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting that you brought up that you are a nurse. So um, can you share a little bit about that on how you left your nursing career, why you left it, and what brought you to the entrepreneurial world? Uh, yeah, so... Maybe a little backstory first. So I did nursing, I guess, 10 years ago now. Um, but five years ago, uh, while I was still nursing, I decided to open uh, Bombshell Boutique online. Why I did, I still I don't <laughs> really have a concrete answer to like why it happened. Um, but we moved home from Alberta. And I just felt like, I don't know if I felt the industry here, but the clothing line boutique just was just missing something. Mm-hmm. Um customer service style price points like there's a I think there's a combination of all three that I felt lacked here so I started bombshell boutique online five or six years ago now five years ago Um, and it kind of just was like a hobby a side hobby I you know I was a nurse full-time nurse part-time nurse after I had my kids Um, and I kind of just I liked having the side thing the side gig I wasn't making like a lot of money from it. It was more of a hobby. It was just me. I love fashion, love clothes. Um, but it really opened my eyes to, I didn't always have to be a nurse. There could be more. Ah, uh, yeah. So it kind of started, I guess, five years ago as a little side hobby. 
Um, fast forward, like probably a year or two later, my husband uh, actually got laid off from his career, like engineering, Alberta, that whole story. And he decided to do real estate. And he took off with his real estate. And five years into his business, he kind of pitched to me about leaving my nursing career and helping him because his business has grown, like it grew so much that he needed to hire. Right. I I kind of was helping him behind the scenes while I was still nursing part-time with the kids. And pretty much when we did the job description for his first hire, he was like, Michelle, we just described you. <laughs> so why don't you leave your nursing career and come work with me? And I thought he was just out to lunch. I, of course, I love looking at homes, home decor, buying homes. Yeah. Who doesn't love going to winners? <laughs> Even I love uh, winners. <laughs> right? Um, so when he first pitched it to me, I really didn't take him serious. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, I was going to be doing the shift work, but nursing night stays for the rest of my life until I had to retire. Like that was really how I thought it would be. Um, and then he kind of sat down with me and broke down numbers. And, you know, we talked about my salary, but nursing versus, you know, what we could do with real estate. And it was really eye opening. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm going to do this. So I didn't cancel my nursing uh, like license and stuff like I still have that yeah um I was like casual in nursing since I had my kids so like I didn't have like a permanent position I was giving off so that made right. it a little bit easier but yeah so after he sat down with me and we really broke down the numbers and I you know, got the content to study I was just like yeah I'm gonna give it a try a try and yeah. <laughs> A year and a half later, um, I haven't gone back. That's amazing. (laughs) So I don't think I really had, um, like 10 years ago, I didn't have like a goal that I wanted to be my own boss or my own entrepreneur. It was kind of like the opportunity just kind of was there. And I just opened my eyes to be like, well, why not? Like, let's just try it. Let's just do it. Yeah. And so it seems there had to be some mindset shifts from you to go from a role that you thought that you needed to fulfill because we all go up, we need to get the job, we need to fill a certain role. How did you separate that? Like, how did you walk away from that identity that you had to do this nursing thing? You went to school for it, you put money into it. Like what process had to happen for you to go, okay, it's safe for me to step away? I think I I had to... Not to say move myself away from like a lot of my friends because they were all like, okay, are you really going to do this? And even right. some of my family were just like, Michelle, you know, nursing career, like that's, that's like a really good career here in Newfoundland. Like, you know, are you sure you want to give it up per se? But the more I kind of like met with other business owners and started like seeing what people were doing, starting to listen to Josh's conversations, like how he was like, you know, working with clients and like meeting people at our office. I was just like, if they can do it, I can for sure well do it. So it yeah. took a little bit because I remember Josh's first conversation was probably like the fall of 2019. And I I took like the full winter to kind of like tack through it and work through it and be like, man, like, should I do this? Can I do this? And yeah, here we are. And I love that you said, can I do this? What made you believe that you could do it? My personality, I'm not really a shy person. So right. And I'm not really, not that I'm not afraid of failure, but like, yeah, if I fail, okay, whatever, what, you know, what's going to happen? Now, I still doubt myself, Gina, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not I like, we all do. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um, but I felt confident that like, if Josh can make it work and all these other people that I seem to make work, 
I can definitely make it work. Yeah. And I think it's really yeah. important to surround yourself with people like this goes back to surrounding yourself with people who are doing the thing that you want to do. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I think it just keeps coming up as a reoccurring theme that you really are who you surround yourself with. Yeah, you are. Like I have lots of like my best friends and everything, but none of them are entrepreneurs. So like, yeah, we have lots of commonalities when it comes to like our kids and like, you know, doing stuff together outside of work. But since before I got licensed in real estate, I, I used to come into the office and I used to like chat with the other like women in the office and like, yeah. kind of, like see what they were doing. And it, it really helped. It did. And like, I never was a big reader or right. to be honest, a big podcast listener. But like since all this happened, I've, it's almost like I transformed a lot, not just my career, but like just, yeah. you know, just taking care of myself stuff too. So That's yeah. awesome though. Um, and I think that needs yeah. to happen. Like anytime we up level, anytime we want to do something different, you have to do different actions. You can't get different results doing the same things over and over. Right. So as you up level, I think that was your natural progression was okay. In order for me to keep growing. And these are the things that I have to do. Yeah, totally. Like shortly after I got licensed, Josh actually took me on one of the big conferences. I say took me like, yeah, <laughs> really like a new agent wouldn't go to Texas on a big conference. He's like, you should really come. And it was really eye opening. Just, just even just listen to people be like, just take time for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm, we're not used to, I'm, I wasn't used to that. Like yeah. in, in my circle with like nursing career, like I love my circle of nursing career, but it's totally different. Yeah, it's a hustle mentality. It really is. And like a teacher background like myself, um, I kind of went through the same growing pains as you. People didn't believe in that you should take this new action. There was not that same support. It was like, oh my God, what are you doing? And it's it's hard when you don't have people who believe in you. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, growing up nursing, I that was not my passion. Right. It was just like one of those things where you get in university, you're like, I don't want to waste time. I just, I just want to do something. Mm, yes. And I, I think I was a great nurse. And I think if you ask any patients of like past nurses, you'd say Michelle was a fabulous nurse. Yeah. But I, I knew it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. And it's funny because my mom always said that she always seen me in this like high heels skirt in like a big high rise building. Like that's where Michelle's meant to be, whether that was like an accountant, a lawyer, yeah. or maybe a realtor. <laughs> I don't know. Well, here you are now wearing the heels in so many different uh, avenues of your life. Um, But I want to go back to something that you said about hustle um, and just fill in the role. You know, I think that we have been brought up in a society. It's like you have to decide. Don't take any time for you. Here's what's expected of you. Now go do it. And we're not given the space. And I wish that I had taken some time. Now, I always knew that I was going to teach. I always knew that I meant I was going to help people. But I think having that space and allowing yourself to get to know yourself and to get away from the hustle is it's it's so important. It is, yeah. And like, I feel like my personality, like I'm I'm a like a people person. Like I like yeah. talking and meeting people, and like of course that happened in the healthcare industry. But like on a totally different level than what it is now. Like when I meet people now, like they're buying a home, like the most exciting thing, yeah, and stressful thing. But like <laughs> when I was meeting people at the hospital, of course I it was a lot of people interaction and stuff, but it was a totally different. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You're using the same skills, but in a totally different way, totally different way. Yeah. Yeah. And I often say that about myself too. Like I'm still a teacher. It's just in a different capacity. I'm not like trying to hurl all these little kids around now, <laughs> but it's, yeah. you know, you're still teaching, you're still using your skills just in a totally different capacity. Um, exactly. But I think it's really cool how you've, you've, 
stepped away from something, trusted in something and look at what's come to fruition. So you're not just a single business owner. You are a business over multiple businesses. How do you manage all of that? Running two businesses, uh, having a family, like what advice would you give to somebody who might be in the same situation as you and is struggling with trying to find, I don't want to use the word balance, but how you manage everything. Uh, You need to ask for help. Yes, I'm hoping you were going to say that. One hundred percent. Like people, I often get the comments all the time. Like I don't know how you do it all. I don't know how you do it all. I don't know how you do it all. But I don't. Like I don't do it all. You know, at home we have two kids. We have a seven year old and a two year old. Uh, it's me and Josh mutual. We're not like I grew up. My mom she cooked, she cleaned. My dad was outside mm. cutting wood. Our relationships aren't like that. Like Josh helps, like he'll help do the dishes. So, you know, it's not like the structured female male role. So our relationship is like, I'm the mom, he's the dad, but like my little girl will still run to dad, not just mom, if she needs something. Mm, you absolutely. Know what I, mean? so, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So is that, so at home is like 50, 50 between me and Josh and that just me doing everything. Besides that, like when it comes to like, obviously childcare and everything is really important if I didn't have my brother and my sister <laughs> and being able to do like uh, after school programs, stuff like that, like, you know, to actually cost money, we, right. it would be a lot harder. Like besides that, like going back to the store, I have, I won't say I've removed myself completely from the store since we opened our location. I'm sure we'll talk about it shortly, but I have staff now. It's not me. Yeah. Um, the one thing about, Josh, me and Josh sat down and talked about I talk about Josh a lot and no one knows obviously it's my own <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we opened like we mutually had to agree that that wasn't where I was meant to be right you know what I mean my it's my hobby it's my business but in order for it to grow in order for it to succeed I'm not the person to do that so when we op- before we opened the store I had to make sure I had staff and like it's not cheap <laughs> no <laughs> you're right but we knew that in order for the store to work, uh, I need to have staff. So, like I have a manager who her name is Michelle and I have a couple girls who are on staff, Katie, Mary, Brittany, there's a few and they run the show. I love it. They 100% run the show over there. Like if there's big decisions, if something needs to be done, like obviously it comes through me uh, and I make the final decision, but like day to day things, they do it 100%. Before I opened the store, when it was just me as like the online boutique, it was, I'll say half-assed. I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. Oh my God, right? yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't like a structured business. It was pretty much, I would order clothes that I wanted to wear. I sold what I didn't keep. And it just kind of went from there. We Hold had so much. That's how that business started. Ago. <laughs> I love those stories here and how like an idea, like, how could you ever anticipate that you ordering clothes for yourself and then selling what you didn't want would actually transpire into what you have today? It is unbelievable. And, you know, when I was doing it from home, I always wanted to be bigger. And I, I, I never thought it probably would be bigger. Right. And in order for us to like make that leap that to like have the storefront, I'm not there. I'm not there at all during the week. I have no set schedule. It's just, you know, we check in with the girls. We have our monthly meetings, weekly meetings, and they run the show. A lot of people may say, how do you do it all? Michelle and I, my staff do most of the stuff at the store. But I 100%. think that's so important because I think as business owners, we get stuck in a loop where we think we have to do it all. But we can't like there's no way you can show up for all the things that you need to if you try to do it on your own. No, definitely not. 
and like when it comes to our real estate, like our we have a big portfolio and me and Josh physically can't do it all and be home with our kids in the evenings. Right. Um, so like Josh knew that he would have to like grow like our team type things. Like we have um, a transaction coordinator, Kelsey. We're in the middle of uh, hiring another assistant. We have like a buyer's agent. It's not just us. We have our own little army behind. <laughs> I love it. So a question, like if the, if our listeners are listening and saying, oh my God, yeah, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, I need to figure out what I need to delegate. I have to ask for help. How did you start that process? And how would you recommend the listeners to say, okay, this is how I start to delegate? First thing I would say I did, well, childcare obviously is always number yes. one for me. Um, I need someone to watch my kids from like nine to five every single day. So if you can have a family member or a sitter or an after school program daycare, like that is to me, if you have kids is number one, because you, how can yeah. you run a business and have your kid crying, trying to get up? It doesn't work. It's too hard. Yeah, it is too hard. I, I hired a cleaner. As a woman, and you want to have your house immaculate, clean, but still run mm. multitudes of businesses, it just it adds this extra stress you do not need. I love it. And and I would come home and I would be frustrated because there was you know stuff that needed to be done. And my husband convinced me, of course, he's like, hire a cleaner. You do right. not to be do need to be doing this. Like your your value, like what you can be doing in the three hours on Saturday. Not even in the business. It's three hours on Saturday that we can be doing something with our kids that you right. aren't cleaning. So the $30 an hour to get someone to come into our house and clean is well worth it. So to me, I think the first leverage pieces that, you know, that I wish I would have done three years ago would have been always make sure someone had my kids. So yeah. I wasn't trying to do stuff while I was with them, try to be right. more present. Um, and to not sweat over like little things around your house. Like I've been using zip cart. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to throw out. Oh my God. <laughs> this is, yeah, absolutely. Give her. <laughs> but like since the pandemic, I didn't want to take my kids to the grocery store and stuff. So like me and Josh have a schedule and like now I'm like, nope, someone's going to get my groceries and they're going to bring it to my door and I'm just going to put it in the fridge. It there doesn't waste my two, my two hours on Sunday morning. I have to go, you know, get groceries. It's done. So I, I don't know. Everyone's not, you know, at the same level that they can hire and like use things. But I think if you have people that can help and you Definitely. just look at your, like your value per hour, like what you can do, whether it's business related or home related, it's really important. That's some really great advice. And it's really true. We only have 24 hours. Everybody has that same 24 hours. But when you're growing multiple businesses, you have to look at where you're investing your time and the return you're getting back into it. Exactly. Now, like last night, I had to do a call with a client at 930 at night. It wasn't ideal, but like it, that still happened. Yes, exactly. But exactly. But like I, you know, once you have a relationship with people, they understand that like between seven and nine, it's the kid's time. And then I can talk to you after type thing. So, so it seems yeah. like you have some really good boundaries in place. I'm not going to say they're excellent. Yeah. But, but I'm always working on them. I think everybody is, you know, I think it's something that yeah. we all have to continue to work on as things change in our lives, you know? Yeah. Um, like our, our assistant Kelsey, like they, we know like our hours are like nine to four. Yeah. And then like we have from four to six is like pick up kids, supper, blow, you know, it's hard sometimes not to answer your phone and reply to messages during those times. That's right. But, we have a time block that we don't get booked during those times. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. And even for mm -hmm. our listeners too, it's yeah, figuring out what time you are going to delegate to your family 
and be strict in those boundaries. Don't answer the calls. And the more that you stick to your boundaries on that, the more people will understand that you're unavailable and they'll eventually stop messaging you and trying to get a hold of you at those times. Right. Yeah. It's a learning curve for everyone. Like I still find myself sometimes picking up the phone at like 1030 at night going to respond to something. And Josh actually stops me. He's like, Michelle, can I wait till tomorrow? I'm like, yes. Do you oh, know what I mean? That's fantastic. So, yeah, it is. Because really, if you're working with like one of my clients, if I, and I still do it, I'm not a hundred percent, you know, saying don't do this, but like, if I pick up the phone and write someone at seven 30 in the morning, I'm letting them know that they can write me at seven 30 in the morning and they shouldn't. Right. Oh, I love yeah, that. So. <laughs> it's once again, teaching people how to treat us, right? Like if you are going to be responding immediately, or if you are doing the emails outside of business hours, it gives people that permission that you're available when really you're not yeah yeah and I love that uh Josh is that person for you it reminds you of those boundaries and helps you work through them that's excellent (laughs) yeah sometimes it's like you know it could be a little like argument or like do you really (laughs) (laughs) yeah my husband does the same thing he's like Gina I'm like okay (laughs) yeah but it's just one message and he's like Gina you can't because if if not like mentally your head your mind is still taking up that space so you're still working Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard to turn it off. And anyone who's listening is going to know it's hundred percent hard to turn it off. But yeah. I think setting boundaries and trying to stick with them is a good start. Yeah. And yeah. even picking one, like a lot of people think they have to go all or none, but it's like pick one boundary that you're going to work on and make it a small one and then eventually build on that. Like if you try to go do a hardcore boundary, you're going to get a lot of resistance back and it's going to be really hard to, uh, to achieve. So even starting really small, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so back to your, um, your store location, I am blown away by the fact that you actually open your store location during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I still can't even really believe that happened. Like I, I said it before, I think a few minutes ago, I never, like, I always wanted a storefront. Yeah. But did I actually believe I was going to have it? No, I didn't. I didn't really think, and I don't know, maybe so I just didn't really focus on it and have it like. I'm going to do it. I was just telling right. like, yeah, it's not possible. Um, but so why before you go you... further though, how, how did you make it possible? I guess you're going to tell me how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, last summer, like with the pandemic and everything, so I was strictly online and like everyone went online. So I was already there. Right. But, but in my situation, I didn't have all product at my house at that point. I was doing like a, like a direct shipping. So like if you would order Gina, it would get shipped directly to you, not me. Okay. So, it was very convenient, very cost effective, but with the yeah. pandemic and all the shipping delays, packages were getting lost. Oh. I, I just, it was a nightmare. Like at the beginning, it was really good because everyone was like, well, everyone's shopping online. But then there was like super, super delays with shipping and things would get lost. And I was just like, if I don't bring clothes to my house, even if I don't have clothes in my basement, I'm going to have to shut down because it's just, it's too frustrating. It's too much. It was taking up too much of my time. I didn't mm-hmm. have that time. How, like hiring someone to work out of my house it just logistically that just didn't make sense and COVID <laughs> right and COVID it was like this is not gonna happen so me and Josh kind of sat down like we have like a year trial this is what we agreed upon so like our year will be November of this year yeah uh, to see how if it's gonna keep going you know what I mean at this point so we opened last November uh, I think we we're probably at like alert level four then oh I'd say goodness. like we, we had like a, a grand opening. So like yeah. grand as in, you know, there's six customers at a time, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lineup. So basically I like, to be completely honest, I didn't have 
the money didn't come from Bombshell. I didn't have enough sales in Bombshell since COVID to be able to physically open a store. Right. So we used our like our real estate, our personal money to open it. Gotcha. Um, so that that wasn't cheap. That took a lot of money. Um, you know, getting the space ready to like hangers and all the products. Like yeah. Whatever. It's been like a huge learning curve, put this way. Uh, like November and December, October, November, December, sales were like pulling out, you know, it was before Christmas. So we kind of, you know, we're kind of feeling out how things are now. I think in retail, January, February, March, is kind of like, it's going to start increasing in now. But of course, we shut down again in January and February. Right. So we, last year, I guess last summer, we made a decision that is either we closed online boutique or we put in a shitload of money and open a store, give it a year to see how it goes and then go from here. So right now we're like copacetic. Right. <laughs> I have my staff. I have a beautiful space. We have our, like our returning customers. We have so many new customers. We have all kinds of local brands and brands that we, I didn't carry online before because I didn't know if we had like the market that people would actually buy them. Gotcha. So our collection has definitely expanded and has grown. Uh, and like, I'm super proud of what we were able to do in the pandemic. Um, yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. When we had to shut down last month and go back to online again, it was fine because we had an online website. But right. we really, like, but like sales dropped. Our 100% our customer service in our store drives our sales. And you gotcha. don't get that online. No. You don't get it. No. You know, we're still learning lots. I still have calls every day when our manager, who's also named Michelle, um, you know, trying to figure things out. <laughs> she has a lot of experience. So she worked with um, a company here in uh, in Newfoundland for like 10 years. So she knows probably more than I do when it comes to like the day-to-day things in like yeah. a retail store. Um, so really, it was pretty much last summer, it was either close up shop or go all in and see how it goes. And you went all in. Oh, of course. And we went all in. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's, that's so cool. I love that. And I love that, you know, as a business owner, you're not pretending to have it all together. Like, it's almost yeah. like done sometimes is better than perfect. And yeah. we don't have all the answers. It's very much a lot of, oh, okay, we're going to see how it goes. And then when we have the hurdle, we'll see how to work our way around it. But I think a lot of people, they feel they need to have things perfect before they even launch their business or put their idea out there or need to have like A, B, C, and D, a perfect launch plan. But that's not business. No, it's not. Like ideally, like my husband wanted me to have like the perfect business plan. I wanted to have all the numbers and everything. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Either we're doing it or not. (laughs) We'll figure (laughs) out the numbers as we go. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it's really important because, I mean, business can be messy and there are so many ups and downs. And I really appreciate your honesty because sometimes we just look at the shiny sides, but business is hard. It is hard. It's very hard. Yeah. But it's all of the resistance that you meet. It's all of the lessons you learn within that resistance. I feel it makes it all worthwhile. Like you opened a store in a pandemic and, you know, it's doing so well. And, you know, you have new customers. Like you said, you have new people in the community who are putting their products in there. So it's doing so much. Now I think you need to pat yourself on the back (laughs) or I'll pat you on the back. (laughs) Um, so yeah. in terms of like opening their store during the pandemic, I know there's been a lot of people in the community who have struggled with their business during the pandemic. What would you say your biggest struggle was and how did you overcome it? Like first when we opened, I feel like the pandemic wasn't even here. It was here, but like a, it, it, the pressure wasn't there. 
Um, like we opened, it was like just before Christmas, we were at alert level four, so pretty much everything was open. I think the, probably the biggest pressure was like when we had to go back to alert level one this past month or two. Uh, yeah. You know, we seen how everything was so going so well in October, November, December, and then we we knew sales were going to be down in January and February because no one really spent the amount of money, right? So then we we're like, oh gosh, now we don't have customers coming in, and I have four. I hired two new girls in January, so I had four staff, not just two. Um, so it was a, it was a bit of pressure. <laughs> I won't lie. Yeah. Um, and I already said, like, sales online weren't as good as they would be if we were in store because the girls' customer service is just really good to, you know, help people. But they're converting into purchases. So I don't know what the real biggest hurdle was, to be honest. There's been lots. Yeah. It's just making sure, trying to hit our monthly goals yeah. have been hard for January and February. And we're trying to get, like, really creative and trying to, you know, push sales. We're kind of, we're still yeah. trying to, we're still brand new. We're still <laughs> so old, really. My goodness. And, but I, I look at your website, I look at your products and I look at what you stand for behind your business. And I know you're not in your business all the time, but you are very much of a presence there. And I just love what you do. And one of the things that I love is the community and the collaboration that you do with other business owners. Like you have this heart where you just want to lift everybody up and your movements of supporting other people. Like, it's just so beautiful. What drives that passion of, in you to help other people like that and other business owners? People make the comment all the time. It's like, you know, when people like call and like ask you to donate or ask you to do things like that. Like, I can't yeah. say no. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. And just, my husband's like, Kelsey, you should start keeping track of like what, how many times Michelle does a donation on behalf of us because it's a lot more than our budget. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like, so like bombshell of course is closed, but it's all, I always felt it was like more than that. It was almost like I had like my own little community and not, not that I wanted a community, but I just yeah. felt like I really related to like a lot of moms. And now that has started to expand um, to like business owners, like women who have like recognized me and start to be like, okay, maybe I should like talk to Michelle and like pick her brain. Yeah. But I really enjoy when someone comes to me and not praises me off or say you know oh my god you're doing so well but like when they come to me and ask for advice or like ask questions yeah. and I don't I don't know all the answers I don't uh who do but I like to, <laughs> right I know I just like I just like you know talking to them and I kind of like to be real and it's, it's almost like I have my own little friend base that like aren't technically my friends but like they come to me and like I don't know if they look up to me or whatever but that gives me so much satisfaction Absolutely. Well, I think they're coming to you because they see you as a light and they see you being resistant and they see you being this powerhouse of a woman who doesn't claim to have it all together, but is like, I'm going to go and I'm going to take all the women with me who wants to come with me too. And that's not mm -hmm. a skill you can teach. Like that's a, that's a trait that I think people who've had to work really hard to get where they are, they know what it's like to be in the trenches. And you're like, I'm going to help. This is just my observation. But I feel like <laughs> I'm going to bring everybody with me, uh, whoever I can and give them that seat at the table too. And, you know, that's one of my favorite things about you. And I don't even know you very well. But um, just what I do know from our mastermind group, I just love how much you give back. I have trouble saying no sometimes and a lot of people do in different situations <laughs> like I'll say no to my husband but saying no to somebody <laughs> who wants help like yes 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 yeah. um but I'm glad since we opened the store like when I did it online I couldn't really help local businesses or like offer right. that to our customers um and I'm really happy now that we can because there's so many like local artists that like have beautiful pieces of beautiful products like why would I buy it 
from the U.S. and I can just have it in my store from here. Exactly. And not only that, but you're helping out other business owners here locally. And it's almost like a collaboration and a community together. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. So in terms of that, I know we've talked a little bit about this off camera, off podcast, but what's your vision for your business? We'll start with Bombshell Boutique long run. Like where do you see yourself, um, say, 10 years down the road with your business? I hope I have multiple pieces, multiple stories. Yes, let's hear them all. I, I hope, hear it all. I, yeah, like, I hope I have, like, our location right now is really small. So I right. hope to have a bigger location. I hope to have a location in Central. I hope to have a location on the West Coast, maybe in Halifax. I don't oh, know. Like, I love there's, it. There's Atlantic brands, uh, like Studio, for example. That's an Atlantic yeah. company, Atlantic brand that started. I did not know Like that. me. Yeah, I didn't know it either. My our manager Michelle filled me on the whole story they started as like a one-stop shop and they kind of just expanded that's amazing so, oh I got goosebumps I know. <laughs> yeah so I don't think I don't know if our product is gonna do that but I hope our like our customer service and like why we do it like I would walk into a boutique before I walked in mine and I felt not welcome right and not because and like I'm a confident woman, like I walk in, you know, I could walk in with my pajamas on or walk in with my leopard print coat. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I'm a confident yeah. person. But when I would walk in to a boutique and feel not welcome, I was like, hey, this can't be. So like when I hired a girl from my store, I'm like, number one, I don't give a crap what's in our store to sell. When yeah. they walk in, they need to feel 100% welcome and that they belong there. Whether they, you think they do or not, they do. <laughs> I absolutely love that because, uh, and I will be totally honest for somebody who's not fashionable myself. Um, I'm not a fashionable person and, um, it's not like a limiting belief. It's just like fashion is just not my jam. Um, and I had reservation about going into a boutique. You get a totally different vibe in your store. Yeah. Because I just, like our clothes, we try to keep it, you know, of course, nice, fashionable, but still like everyday mom pieces too. And like, yeah, when I first was hiring, I found it, I knew what I needed. And I, the first round of interviews, I didn't have it. I was like, I have great yes. salespeople, but I don't have someone who has that vision like I do. Mm-hmm. And then I interviewed our manager, Michelle, and I'm just like, wow, can I like hire you now? Can you find <laughs> the paper? Because everything that I wanted, she said it to me. I didn't have to say it to her. Oh, that's perfect. Um, and that was why her thing was not about, you know, the product. Of course, we want like really good clothes. We want yeah. everyone to love our pieces. But we want we want people to walk out and say, oh, my God, Michelle has such nice clothes. I want them to say, Michelle's staff are fabulous. That's you awesome. have to go in. You have to go in this like see the store, t- chat to the girls because they just I, that's, that's the number one thing. Yeah, I so think, I hope. Yes. <laughs> I hope no. that will expand. <laughs> I do. So I went in uh, once um, and I didn't, I didn't stay in long because I get intimidated, but it was a great feeling, but I'm going to go back again. I think next week and just uh, document the experience because for me, I don't wear makeup, as you know, um, I don't necessarily have stylish clothes, but I'm going to go in and buy an outfit and I'm going to let your girls style me is what I'm going to (laughs) do. Do it. That'd be fun. It will be fun. And I just think that that is so important that that mission and that drive and that vision of, you know, exactly what you want people to feel rather than the monetary uh, meaning from it. And I think when you lead with that and you lead with your heart and you lead with love, I think that is the most beautiful thing in the business. And I hope that's what people remember us by, whether we are around for another 50 years or we're only here until the end of this year. I don't know. I hope people just yeah. remember like Boutique. it wasn't really about the clothes. It was about helping moms, regular people, feel comfortable and be able to shop 
That's, Absolutely. That was my goal. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, something really cool that I thought you said that some of our listeners will probably get a lot of value in is in your hiring process. Um, sometimes it's very easy to settle because you need to hire somebody, but you have a very different approach where you're not going to settle. You said something the other day about long time or long. Can you remember what you said? It was like a long, long process to hire for short-term gain or something like that. What yeah, was it I can't the, remember. I don't know. God knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I kind of got that from like Josh and like our, our brokerage Keller Williams. They like, they don't do one interview and just hire because you think that one person's right. It's like right. you actually like interview, you know, candidates three to four times. Because it's not just about, you know, what's your experience? What do you do right now? It's like, what is your vision? What do you, you want to do with your life? What, you know, I, we want to hire, like right now I hired say, Michelle for our store uh, as a manager and we hired Kelsey as a transaction, transaction coordinator, but we want them to grow more. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. So like when I hired for um, the store, like I remember how defeated I felt. Not that the candidates weren't great. Like they were yeah. great on the sales floor, like, you know, helping us with like the day-to-day stuff. But to actually literally hand over my business to them, it just, yeah, yeah it wasn't, yeah. Well, you need so to have somebody with the same vision. And I think it's really important that when you're interviewing, you don't settle. Even yeah. for the reason like you might need somebody in the shop now, like it's so important to, have a long hiring process to get that person to find that person rather than to hire them and have to fire them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. We, I was prepared to like delay opening until we had that person because I couldn't risk having yeah. an opening and they'd have to fire someone like it just, yeah. yeah. And that's so yeah. important. I think that that's a lesson that a lot of us can learn because sometimes in the urgency of getting things done, we let certain things kind of slide and be easy. But that's one thing that I think that you should really um, just stick to your guns on that one and wait till you find somebody who totally aligns with who you are. And the other thing too, is if you do hire somebody and they don't align, like don't wait forever to terminate for our listeners. If you have somebody who's in your circle now in your business and they are doing uh, more harm than good, like you got to cut those ties. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's hard, but it's going to be more of a damage effect if you kind of let it go. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought that up. Um, One of the other things that I love about you too, is you have the bombshell boutique, but you also have an online presence, like sharing what it's like from momhood. And I think that is so fun. Obviously the name of the podcast is keeping it real. And I feel you do that so well. Can you just tell our listeners like what you share there and how you do keep it real? (laughs) I love it. Um, So, you know, we're all on social media. So um, we try to keep our real estate very professional. Sometimes I want to post this on a real estate. Josh is like, no, Michelle, this is a professional page. So like the funny real life stuff, I usually just post on the personal one. But yeah, it's funny because my store is called Bombshell Boutique. And like, I'm I'm confident. But if you follow me on social media, I'm not (laughs) um so it's kind of ironic so like I do like the real life bombshell that's like my my tag I go to because um you know you might seem really put together and then your kids like behind the door screaming and (laughs) yeah like meet you in the bathroom or something I don't know but I that um I think that has really helped with like our customer base and us being able to connect to people um, whether it's real estate, whether it's bombshell, whether it's anything really, it's just people, I, I just want to be relatable. I just don't want 
Yeah. I don't want people to go to our social media and be like, oh, we're so put together. Everything's so good. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. that's not what we are. No. <laughs> we're distinct from what we are. And I think showing people that makes it, it's really important to be able to connect with our, like, I'll say audience, but like our potential clients and our, like, our yes. relationship with people and like people talk about us, not because they work with us, but they've seen what we are able to do or be able to help people. Mm. We're, just, we're just real people. Absolutely. No matter how successful, I think, no matter how successful we get, we're going to be real people. Like last year, Josh kind of played with the idea of getting two of us actually getting new vehicles. And we had luxurious, very nice, expensive cars out. And we're yeah. like, what the hell? Like, it's not who, awesome. who cares what we drive? <laughs> but that <laughs> we comes back. back. We're like, no. We're like, no. But, like, we don't, we don't need it. No. Yeah. And I think that, like, I'll throw the word out there, like, authentic. I feel that you are truly authentic. Um, and in my opinion, that's the most important thing. Like, I will buy from somebody who um, I feel is authentic and real and just being themselves rather than somebody who looks all put together. Yeah. I think so too. I think that yeah. yeah. So it all goes I think it's all one big like connection. <laughs> and if you look back at like our customer base and like our clients or real estate, I feel like we all have like a common we just relate. We don't work with people we can't work with. You know what I mean? No, exactly. But kudos to you for doing that because it's really hard sometimes when social media and people are pushing perfection and it's a lot of pressure to feel like you have it all together. But man, when you just go, you know what, this is who I am. I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect. Here I am. Like there's something very freeing about that too. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> Definitely. Right. And I, I know I just love that you do that and you just show what it's like to be real. And you can be both. You can be dressed really nice and have a really nice exterior too. But you know what? Still struggle because we're all human. And I think mm -hmm. oftentimes when we see successful people, we forget that. Yeah. You know, so thank you for keeping it real. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about it already, but one of your biggest passions, um, and I think this will be like a passion project for you as you move forward, will be mentoring other people. Yeah. Right. And I think that's um, really cool. Um, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, because I think we talked about like the long term vision of Bombshell, and I probably yeah. won't be in that. I'll be like, I'm not the face of Bombshell by Michelle, maybe once we evolve, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but like when it comes to like our our real estate business and stuff like that, like right now, of course, me and Josh, like our full team are hands on, we're in the sales, we're, you know, client relationships, we're doing all of the things. Uh, a bigger picture, I think, once our team grows to a certain level, mm -hmm. is myself and Josh will be involved in a business but we'll be more like not directly in the sales if josh is i don't know what josh's role might be but mine will be i think more of like team building mentorship uh you know we want to be able to go to our cottage in 10 years time and take a full yes. week off and our business runs smoothly because we have all the staff and all the realtors on our team to do it all and josh is the ceo running whatever part of the, the business and i'm doing like the development team or the development part, whether it's like, you know, building teams, educating yeah. in my mind, we won't be directly in sales the entire time. Hopefully if we keep building our business on like the trajectory that it's on yeah. and we'll be at like a, not a higher level, but we'll just be in different roles. Yeah. No, I like that. Of own, it, yeah. Of running that business. Yeah. I don't think that's really seen here in Newfoundland in like the real estate industry is just like a realtor and they do all the things. So yeah. I think we're, we're really starting something different. 
you know what but that that's the theme like you were like nope i don't like that i'm gonna do it better i'm gonna find another way so really yeah. it's brilliant you're finding where there's a need and you're fulfilling that need which i think is wonderful i've been in the business so this is my second year in business and i cannot tell you how many people have reached out to me like random people that i don't know yeah uh on social media and just like you have left nursing and you've gone done real estate or you've gone done some totally different how why wow. same kind of questions you've asked me yeah. and it just comes natural like i'm not pitching it to people i'm not trying to recruit people like you know that's not but it's people just are genuinely just interested and just want to know and it just seems so natural so i feel like yeah. eventually that may be some type of role yeah. And it, just because it's natural to you, though, don't downplay that because I feel that all the work that you've put in and everything that you you put out into the world, like it's natural that you're a leader, you know, and people mm -hmm. are coming to you for this advice because they see you doing it. They see you following your passion. They see you breaking molds, which I think is amazing because I feel that we have been put into such a tight constraint that when somebody goes outside of that, it's like, wait a minute, how did you do it? <laughs> you know, and I, I really want to break the idea around that we're only meant to have one job. We're only meant to do this one thing. Like, it's okay for us to follow our passions. It's okay mm -hmm. to be different. I just yeah. think that conversation needs to happen more. It does, because I, it's funny, me and Josh had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about like, like when we grew up, my parents were great parents you know we weren't rich we weren't poor we we're like the normal family and yeah. it was but it was always expected that like you know you've got to go to university you got to get like a good job blah 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 and that's kind of like how most of us are raised but like for me and josh we're just like that's not what we're going to tell our kids no <laughs> right gosh, it's not. breaking the cycle though how powerful is that go ahead yeah no, I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> but it is. It's just so powerful to give that choice and to go, okay, what is it that you want? And we're missing that. We're totally missing the mark on what life is supposed to look like. And mm -hmm. if you think about it, if we are in a nine to five job that, you know, we're basically killing ourselves for other people and you're underappreciated, you're undervalued, you know, burnout is, it's almost like we're creating an environment of burnout and then we're not even doing anything to support that burnout. It's like we're being penalized then because we are burnt out. And it's like this vicious cycle that we just have to break. Yeah, it know? is. And it's, that's how we're all kind of raised. And, you know, like, you got to work to retire. And like a lot of my friends and everyone still yeah. believe that. You know what I mean? You got to stay in your job so you can retire. And it's not. We're just like, there's so many other things that you can do to prepare for retirement. But anyway, but some people just don't get it. But no. Yeah. And I think yeah. too, is like the more you look outside the box and the more you have the conversations like with people like yourself um, and you see that other things are possible. It's also not letting that fear hold you back from trying something new because I grew up with my dad hearing him say, when I retire, then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. My dad exactly. died at 59. He never got Sorry. to even see his retirement. And that's one of the things that drive me. And you don't need to have someone that you love die in order to get that perspective. But mm -mm. Uh, it's just so important that you're looking inside the box and you're asking, you know, the questions about what it is you want. What can you do? Like, it's not, it's not an all or none. You don't have to fit a certain mold. Like you have a choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad you said that, Gina, because I used to come home like from our nursing career and had that conversation a lot. Yeah. Especially like with my parents, like with Josh or whatever. And we're like, you know, a lot, everyone says that we'll do that when we retire. We'll do that when we retire. And yeah. I see like, like your poor dad sorry but that 
you know people don't get to see that so like why yeah why wait till then yeah yeah and I've had so many people like reach out and say like their parents have worked so hard and now they're in their retirement and they're not healthy. So, mm-hmm. you know, we spend our most important years giving, 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 not taking care of ourselves, being burned out, being stressed out, not being healthy with the anticipation that when we retire, everything's going to be okay. Then we retire. Sure. We might have a little bit of money coming in, but you don't have your health. You probably might not get to travel because of your health. Now, there, of course there's different extremes, but you know what? I'm not willing to bet on that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm, I've said it, I've used to say that before I started doing this, like when I was doing nursing, like myself and Josh would like want to go do a trip where we want, like, we're always talking about wanting a cabin and stuff. And like, we're working towards that. And it was always like, you know, people would say like, you know, you'll do that when you retire. No, I'm not going to no. wait till I retire. <laughs> yeah. So if you're yeah. listening and there's something on your heart, I'm not saying go get bankrupt or anything like that, but seriously no. <laughs> take the chance, do the thing, buy the cabin, go on that trip. Like don't wait because one of the biggest things that we take for granted is time. And I often do that too. Sometimes like I think it's human nature and society allows us to feel that we have so much time and we need to waste time on like I do a little experiment with my clients like when they say they don't have time for their goals and I say take out your phone and show me how much time you've been on social media and it's astounding how much time we spend on our phones and being distracted and doing these things when we could be spending those times you know on a hobby making some extra money doing something that we love or you know what I mean like we're just we waste so much time and say tomorrow or next year or when I retire. And I think we need to stop that conversation. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to get off my soapbox (laughs) there now. (laughs) Fires me right up. Um, So one quick question before we dive into our fun piece of the podcast. Um, Let's just say there's somebody listening to this podcast and they are thinking about getting into entrepreneurship, maybe starting a business, Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's something like bombshell. What's a good piece of advice that you would give them that maybe you wish you had when you were starting? Ask questions and don't be afraid to like reach out to people. When I started bombshell, like I, I probably didn't connect with any of like the boutique owners that were here. Probably felt intimidated. Reach out to them and ask questions. 100% that because yeah. they're already doing it right they already know what yeah. it's like and those people know what it's like to be in the trenches they know what it's like to you know be struggling so you know help each other out help each other out mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> okay so I don't know if you're familiar with the rapid fire questions but it makes me so excited and happy <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is is just like it implies rapid fire you have to answer the first answer that comes to your mind and um, I'm just gonna ask you a series of rapid fire questions okay (laughs) you're like i don't know about this part (laughs) yeah i don't know okay let's do it okay you ready yeah who's your favorite spice girl 40 spice nachos or tacos nachos a nickname you used to have or still have shell (laughs) if you could travel back in time where would you go alberta three years ago yeah um, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? I'll be honest. I don't, didn't watch it or read it. <laughs> okay. I don't know what's going on, but most of my people who come on the podcast have never watched Harry Potter. Never. 
<laughs> I've watched I've watched bits and pieces when it was been within like this last year, but I've not watched it. I have friends who are like, yeah, anyway, this is my fact. I've never watched it. That's never okay. it. I feel like I need to host a watch party for all the Harry Potters for all my friends <laughs> who have never watched it. <laughs> Sunrise or sunset? Uh sunrise. What's your favorite order at your go-to restaurant? Anything that's fish. <laughs> I will try anything that's seafood. Anything. Nice. Um, yeah. What's your go-to dance song? Downtown? Is it? I can't remember. What yes! Is. I love big, big <laughs> Love it. Um, if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Swimming, diving, something like that. <laughs> if you could change your name, what would it be? I don't think I would change my name. There's like a little bit of meaning to have a name, and I don't want to change it. Oh, I love that. Um, if yeah. you could have one superpower, what would it be? Maybe be able to like see what people are thinking. Ooh. <laughs> texting yeah. or talking? Kind of half and half. I really like texting, but I really enjoy talking. I text more than I talk. Describe yourself in three words. Bold, friendly, which is kind of the opposite, um, and outgoing. Love it. If you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you have to bring with you? Water and my phone. Nice. Tea or a latte? Latte. Eat in or dine out? Dine out. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Yep. <laughs> Are you spontaneous or do you like to plan? It's totally spontaneous. And would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Every language. Awesome. Well, Michelle, this has been so much fun. And for all of our listeners um, who are new to you, where can they find you on social media? And even your stores um, as well. So we are sold by Stokes, um, Facebook, Instagram uh, for our real estate and Bombshell by Michelle or Bombshell Boutique um, as well. I think that's it. Our, we do like flips by Stokes as well, but sold by Stokes, Bombshell Boutique or Bombshell by Michelle. And your so boutique is located on Topsail Road in the same building as Freshie, correct? Exactly, at yeah. 673 Topsail Road. So make sure you follow and check Michelle out and go to her store. And as we leave, do you have any last piece of advice or gold nugget for our listeners? People should start looking outside the box and thinking outside the box and not be afraid to talk about it. If your friends aren't talking about it and your friends are kind of like looking at you like, what are you doing now? Like, what idea do you have now? Just go with it. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to the listeners for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and have yourselves a fantastic day. Thanks for spending time with me today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, feel free to take a screenshot and share this with someone that you think should hear this. If this is your very first time listening, I would really appreciate if you push that subscribe button so you can join us for all future episodes. And if you're feeling really generous, I would love for you to leave a five-star review. Be kind, folks. I'm Gina Keeping, and today we have been keeping it real. We'll see you next time.